Welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriela Ariana Campoverde, but you can call me Gabby. Today, we will sit down with James Garvey, the CEO and founder of Self Financial. Since 2015, Self has helped hundreds of thousands of people build a stronger financial future. It provides tools necessary for building on-time payment history and responsible use of credit in collaboration with issuing bank services for those who are new to credit or who might not have access to traditional financial products. In this episode, you will learn about Self's Credit Builder account, why a credit history matters, James' career as a serial entrepreneur, and the company's work culture. Now, let's get started. Well, hi, James. Excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing today and where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Oh, that's fantastic. What's it like there right now? It's very hot uh, <laughs> it's a, and a lot of humidity. I grew up in Northern California and it's pretty, pretty hot here. <laughs> Loved very quick. This is what it feels like right now in August. <laughs> well, again, really excited to have you on the show today. Can you tell us a bit more about Self Financial? What is the problem that you and your team are trying to solve? So... There's 100 million people in the US that either have a low credit score or they don't have a credit score at all. It's a huge number of people. And you know we're trying to make it easy for people to build credit and save money. And our, our app does that. It's basically uh, customers get started with a savings plan that builds credit. You make a monthly payment, you build credit, and at the end, you get uh, you know, most of your money back. And that's, that's how customers view our product. And it's basically designed uh, to give people tools such that they can build credit and save money with one simple app. That's quite a large number of folks that you guys are helping out. Who is typically your target market out of that large segment? And how do users hear about you? So we've got people that are typically new to credit, and we have people that are typically rebuilding credit. And in both cases, you know, if you were to go out and apply for, for credit and you get rejected, you know, what, what do you do? And, and this is the whole reason why you know, Self is, is providing these tools such that people can help themselves build credit and save money. And uh, just to give you some high-level stats, our customers, you know, they're all over the US. We've seen late 20s, early 30 customers in terms of age. And uh, we've also seen that you know, we've been able to acquire customers very successfully through the web and, and through the App Store and Google Play. Got it. And new to credit, are those just a younger demographic? Or are they typically a new American? Can you describe that segment a bit more? Yeah, so they can be younger. They can also be you know, recently immigrated here. And uh, what we've also seen, which is kind of interesting, is if you pay off your mortgage and after seven years, you, know, you don't have any other credit lines, you don't have anything open, everything rolls off your credit report. And as a result, you can now go from having a thicker credit file down to having a thin file again. And so we do see people that are, you know, both young, recently immigrated here, and also people that are trying to establish a new credit history after not having credit for seven years. Oh, that's really interesting. And why is this mission important to you? So it, it's a uh, very personal to me. And basically I had this credit card that I thought was on auto pay. And two months in my billing cycle, I I realized that uh, it wasn't on auto pay and destroyed my credit score. And so 
I'm trying to figure out how do I build credit? How does this whole stuff work? You know, I'm a software engineer by trade and just learned that there's a massive problem. And it's, it's really hard trying to build credit unless if you, you need somebody to help you. And we just wanted to make it easy. And uh, so I, I set out to, to help myself and also set out to help a lot of other people. And so I'm proud to say that my credit score is, is now nearly 800 again after being in the 500s for a number of years. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear, especially the way that you are willing to amplify that. And it's something that I think even growing up in New York City, credit was just such a mystery. And my generation grew up around the nerd wallets where you you had the opportunity to read about that, right? Um, But I I can't imagine what people did beforehand. So do you mind talking a bit more about, I imagine specifically with your target market, you potentially deal with misconceptions around credit. And there are different services out there or potentially lenders that may not necessarily be the greatest of players in the space or have good intentions. How do you manage those misconceptions around what self-financial can provide? So I'd like to frame this story from a different type of angle. You know, Suppose you go into a restaurant there's a menu. There's a clear exchange of consideration. You know, you pay a certain amount of money and you get a uh, some type of food, right? And if you go into a bank, you know, it can be pretty scary for a lot of people. And there there isn't that clear menu of services. It's it's unclear. It can it can be you know very very challenging. If you go into a a payday lender, they have a clear menu and that has a clear exchange of consideration. You know, you pay. $10 and you can borrow 100. You know, payday loans are are very expensive and uh, many of them are predatory, but at the end of the day, they provide a product that's very easy to understand for consumers and just like a menu, just like a restaurant, it's very similar. And so when I started self, my perspective was listen, I, I feel like I'm, you know, somewhat smart, but uh, I I'm, I'm not not a financial person. I'm not a financial wizard. I'm I'm um, you know, the last person that's going in a nerd wallet and comparing everything and, and doing a ton of research. I just want simplicity. And with our flagship product, it's really, really simple. People can choose the amount that they want to pay every month for 12 or 24 months. They make an on-time payment. That payment's being reported to the credit bureaus, so they're building credit. And at the end of the 12 or 24 months, they get most of their money back. And we tell them up front exactly what's happening. And so that kind of clear communication is is something that is super important to our mission. And our customers really, really appreciate because it's easy to understand whether you're a guru like yourself or whether you you just want to build credit and uh, you just want to go about your business and and not have to uh, do anything too sophisticated. Yeah, that's fantastic. I actually worked on a research project where we were talking to Latinos in South Philadelphia, and that was one of the biggest asks. They're just like, with my Bank of America account or with my Wells Fargo account, I just want to understand the fees because I know there's something there. Um, And it it also reminds me to know if you've read The Unbanking of America, where... Yes, um, absolutely. (laughs) Where it's very the same theme of transparency, which is kind of crazy to think about nowadays, especially with it is your money in the end of the day. Absolutely. So I wanted to switch the conversation to 
your two champion products, the self credit mm-hmm. builder account and yep. the secured self visa credit account. What are yep. the ranges for like loans or the credit cards that you typically provide? Yeah. So, you know, our, our flagship product is technically a CD secured installment loan. So it's a small dollar loan that is lent from our bank partner to the consumer and the money is placed into a certificate of deposit bank account that's in the customer's name that's held at the same bank. And so these, these products, uh, they range from you know, $25 a month to $150 a month. In terms of size, you know, we're talking about you know, $500 up to a little bit less than $2,000. And basically, just to walk through an example, you know, simplest example I have is I'm going to pay you know, $25 a month for 24 months. So that's $600. I'm going to pay $9 to open up the account. So I'm going to pay $609. And after two years of making on-time payments, I'm going to be established. I will have established credit history, and I will get about five twenty back. So, in that simple, simple example, you know, we're, we're talking about a customer that pays eighty nine dollars in net expense over two years to help themselves build credit, but also to help themselves save five hundred twenty dollars. And so, we're talking, you know, tens of dollars of costs. Typically, so it just depends on which one they choose. But at the end of the day, these are very affordable products that are designed to help people responsibly build credit and save money. With respect to our credit card, you know, it is a it's a real credit card. Uh, you know, it looks just like a regular credit card. You can pay the whole thing off. You can pay. We make minimum payment. The thing that we've done a little differently, though, is that you know we're using the equity that the customer has built up with our flagship product. So. As they make these on-time payments, they're building up equity, and that equity can then be used to secure a credit line. And um, you know, it sounds a lot more sophisticated, but it's really simple. They they join self, they pay on time with our app, and after a few months of on-time payments, they get a notification saying, "Hey, congratulations! You know, you've earned access to the self visa credit card." And what's what's really neat is that you know we don't care about your credit history. You know, we don't we don't care if if you've hurt your score, we care about you know how you use our products. And uh, and that's the one of the key differentiators. And so the the product today, you know, we in my credit builder accounts um, that recently matured, I was able to open up my credit card that has a $325 credit line. The one exciting thing I can share is that you know we're we've got a pilot program now and and as customers make on-time payments with our secured credit card, they can get access to more credit. And so I've got a $1,000 credit line that's secured with roughly $300. Uh, and so you can imagine that like that kind of combination of being able to go from secured to partially secured, eventually unsecured, means that you know, we have a way to grow with the customer and uh, provide a lot of value uh, as they get more and more credit worthy. That's fantastic. Is there a particular theme and the types of goals that your customers are potentially even using your products to build the savings? So the one thing that Credit Karma has done really, really well is educate consumers on you know, the value of having a good credit score and you know how important credit is. And Credit Karma has just they've done an incredible job there. And so what we what we definitely see are you know people that you know, they want to improve their score. That's the the thing that they want to do, um, but they are goal driven. You know, every customer we have, you know, we ask them, "Hey, what, you, what kind of goals do you want? What kind of things do you aspire to have?" And and you know, owning your own home, getting a mortgage, 
is a, is a goal that a lot of our customers have. Getting their first credit card is also a goal that our customers have. And you know, we listen to our customers and uh, we're able to take some of the research and the surveys and, and use that to build other products. And that's what we did with our uh, self-piece of credit card. Awesome. And why is this approach working best for your users? So prior to self, if you were to, to get rejected for some credit line and you, you wanted to find some way to build credit, it would have been really hard. And typically, uh, the most common way, if you couldn't have somebody co-sign for you or, or, or help you in that way, would have been taking like $1,000 and giving it to a, a bank. And then having the bank give you a credit card that's secured by that big deposit that you put up, and that's and that's hard, you know, for for a lot of people to come up with, you know, five hundred or come up with a thousand dollars. It's it's a it's a huge amount of money that they have to, to put up uh, up front all in one time. And so the nice thing about you know what we've done is you know, we've created a effectively a, a savings plan that you know helps you build credit and helps you it forces you to save. And you know, because it's a little different and because of the mechanics, you know, you've got a start date, you have a stop date, you've got these equal payments, you know, we're able to connect with the customer. And we truly believe that a big part of this is because the customer has that ability to make smaller payments over a period of time versus one large payment. And that differentiator is, um, is one of the reasons why uh, we are successful. Yeah, that's so. It reminds me of my very first credit card. And I, I remember being 18, I think, at the time. And my mm-hmm. mom had taken us to a small local community bank, which she used. Yeah. And similarly, she had to put $100 down. So she was like, you better not mess this up. But it was the <laughs> same thought of like, I don't know why we're doing this, but I was told that I could only buy one Starbucks and then I'd pay it off. But this is going to be good for my future. So yeah, um, I, I like oh, your mom's I, smart. <laughs> yeah. they, like she, she, she was very good with that. Didn't understand why credit was the key, but I'm very thankful for those lessons. And, you know, I, I think having had at that time, having had more of an app that would provide more education or even do things like push notifications, all, all of that, those like gentle reminders, I think would have been more useful, but um, that's yeah. really cool to hear what your users are experiencing. You know, how is it that you guys are reporting back to the credit bureaus? Because there are different organizations and communities like micro lenders or some nonprofits that are willing to provide loans and, you know, help with credit scores and credit building, but you know, may not have the same opportunities to pull an initial either alternative credit score or have a view of what this client looks like, period. Yeah. So the bottom line is, you know, the, the credit bureaus, uh, and we talk about them as this, you know, ephemeral thing. There are three three companies, um, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And their number one asset is their data. And it has to be correct. You know, there's the Fair Credit Reporting Act, uh, which was established in 1970. And it's basically sets the structure of, of uh, if you're going to report data, it, it has to be accurate. It has to, you have to do it fair. And there's a number of great things that come out of the FCRA law. But it's a very sophisticated and closed system. And the challenge is, you know, I'm a software engineer by trade and, and, you know, trying to figure out, well, how do we do this? Well, number one, you know, we, we work with 
say we've got three bank partners and basically, um, you know, our bank partners are the actual lenders and they're the ones that are actually lending money to the customer. Money goes into a, a CD and as the customer makes payments, they build credit. And so, you know, we're generating the data file. It's called Metro 2. It gets uploaded to the credit bureaus and it has to be verified by the credit bureaus. It has to be uh, accepted. And, you know, most importantly, it has to be accurate. And so that's, that's the thing that's, that's fascinating is that if you report data to the credit bureaus, it has to be accurate. And so we have to report the data as it happens. If customers pay on time, they get reported on time. If customers don't pay on time, they get reported as not being on time. And, and that's a, that's a big, very important piece of this is that it has to be fair. It has to be accurate. And it's a, it's a very complicated system and one that's very challenging for a lot of lenders because of the complexity. And what are some case studies that you have on users or like what, what is the feedback that you typically get? So, you know, right now we've got, you know, over 140,000 reviews in the App Store. Uh, it's got 4.9 stars. We have a similar rating in Google Play, but uh, I have an iPhone, so I App Store all the time. But, you know, the, the feedback really comes down to a couple of things. You know, one, it, we're, we're giving people the tools to help themselves. You know, we're not a nonprofit. We're not providing a system where they're guaranteed to, to get a higher credit score. But we're giving people the tools and it's up to them to determine whether they want to build good credit or otherwise. And so that, that one component of saying, I'm getting access, I'm getting access and I can get access into this credit system. I can help myself. It's not alternative data. It's real traditional data, you know, like that, that is, um, that is huge. The, you know, the other, the other piece of this is that we have all these great outcomes, you know, customers that their scores go up by a lot and they're able to go out and buy their first home or buy the first car or open up a credit card or um, you know, get a lower rate on a mortgage or you know, refinance an auto loan. You know, we, we hear so many stories like this and it's really incredible because today you know, we've got you know, over a million active customers that are, that are using our, our products, uh, either using our credit bill account or using our credit card. And uh, there's, there's a lot you can do, but it comes down to, you know, we're creating access and people's scores are going up. They're having these great outcomes and you know, they're happy with the transparency that we're providing of creating this responsibly priced system that helps people build credit and save money. Yeah. And congrats on such good ratings and feedback, you know, we're no, difficult to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now take it every day. <laughs> I, I, I would do the same if it were about oh. my app, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I wanted to talk a bit more about last year. You know, 2020, clearly a lot, a lot of things happened. Did you see any changes in the way like your users used your credit builder products? What were some interesting trends? Well, we grew a lot. Um, you know, we had a lot more customers. Um, but we basically saw roughly a 4x growth in customers in 2020. And we saw a lot of people that were, you know, they had some stimulus money and they were trying to find a way to help themselves, help improve themselves. And you know, one way to do that is, is to help yourself build credit and help yourself save money. And, uh, you know, self-financial does that. So we, we saw a lot more customers coming in 
and we also saw a lot of growth in the company. So, you know, we added about 140 people in the last roughly 12 months. So today we're, we're about 200 employees. Um, so we've, we've grown quite a bit. And, you know, we have to provide a great product. But we also have to provide great service. And, uh, you know, we, what we've seen is our customers are, you know, really happy to find us. And, you know, they're having these great outcomes. And we can't not mention the fact that you've raised the Series C and Series D round um, yeah. last year. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. How was onboarding that many people over Zoom? Especially during a time where you know we had work lives, but we also all went through quite a number of ups and downs in our personal lives. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So prior to COVID, you know, in February of 2020, you know, we had you know roughly 60 people, and our entire team, you know, was was based in Austin, and everybody fit into our little office, <laughs> and so. Once COVID started happening uh, in the U.S., we started onboarding people digitally, and basically, the what we saw is just totally trans- transformation in you know how we communicate. You know, we have to communicate really effectively, and it's been exciting from a growth standpoint. But one of the things that I think I'm good at is uh, you know communicating emails and, and via writing. I'm not not a great speaker, but I'm, I'm pretty pretty good about communicating and writing and. One of the, uh, the the challenges, you know, is trying to make sure everybody's is rowing in the same direction. And going from from sixty people to two hundred is a uh, is a is a big jump. And doing it uh, where you know we've never met so many of these different people we've we've been able to hire. Uh, it's been been crazy. The last thing I'll say is that one really cool thing about COVID is it, it's created this opportunity to democratize work. And what I mean is. We now have employees in 14 states. We've been able to hire some amazing people that don't live in Austin, that don't live in Texas. And that was never a possibility because, you know, if you lived in San Francisco, you, you wanted to work for, you know, a company in the Bay Area. And if you work in, live in Chicago, you want, you want to work for a company in Chicago, right? And so being able to work at home and do it effectively and do it outside of, you know, where the company's located. It's been a huge benefit for us because we've been able to, to bring on some amazing people that we may not have otherwise been able to do. And then the last thing I'll say about this is, you know, we've got about six thousand square feet of office space. You know, we have two hundred employees, and you know, I'm in the office today. There's there's five people here in the office, and you know, we've been able to save some money by not having a, a massive office. But you know, as people were able to go back to work, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, at some point. You know we're going to have to get bigger office space, and and so uh, we're just very lucky to be able to to be uh, right place with a great product that helps a lot of people and do in a way that uh, our customers really appreciate. Yeah, and with that in mind, what are some lessons that you have learned through your journey with Self Financial that you think in companies and industry leaders in personal finance could learn a bit more about or perhaps like some insights that you'd want to share about how to better serve this market because you know clearly through your ratings and through the amount of folks who are interested in supporting your mission you seem to be doing something right <laughs> yeah uh, you know I ultimately you know I'm I'm a customer I I've created a company that has you know helped solve an, a need that I personally had and you know it's been 
tremendously helpful from the perspective of, I have a good idea of what our customers want. You know, we're able to survey them and, and get data. And, but, you know, ultimately, like I, I want to create products that, that are the benefit of me and benefit of our employees and benefit of average hardworking Americans. And so that's definitely one piece is like, I have a, a passion for this because I, I really care and I, I'm a customer and I, and I needed self to help me get to where I am today. You know, as a management philosophy, I've been able to recruit and retain some amazing leaders who have then gone out and, you know, recruited and retained a bunch of amazing, amazing people. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to be here um, without our team. And, uh, you know, we've got a pretty amazing set of people that um, I would argue that if we didn't have the mission that we have, you know, we're here to responsibly help people build credit, save money. If we didn't have that mission, there's no way we would be able to, to hire the people we have today because they're extremely, extremely talented. And at the end of the day, you know, if you can work anywhere in the world, you know, how, how do you recruit somebody that has that capability? And what combines everybody and what is the, you know, the cohesive thing that drives the company is the mission of, hey, we're here to help people. We're here to make money, but we can do it responsibly. And that has, uh, has been transformational for the company. That's great to hear. And I wanted to talk a bit more about you and you know, your career, because one thing that I found so interesting is I think you just always started startups. <laughs> so um, 15 years in, um, I was looking through your LinkedIn, you, know, you studied mathematics in UC Davis, you started a marketing startup and then moved into open source data for yeah. uh, you know, the equities markets. How has that been? And you know, what was your thought process around, let's try something new, let's be a differentiator in the space? Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my very first job, I was a software engineer for a startup. That's how I paid for college. And uh, it was the year 2000. <laughs> it's a, cra- a crazy, crazy time. I was 18 years old. And uh, I was able to, to pay for college by, by working at a startup. And after having that experience, I realized that I wanted to do something different. And so my first company that I started was an email service provider. It's a company that sent a lot of emails for a lot of big brands. And I never had to raise money. I didn't have a board of directors, small team, never had more than a dozen employees. But it's basically a company that ran for about six years and a great experience, great opportunity. But it didn't really feel... You know, the exciting drive every day of like waking up, being so excited to work on something. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that, you know, after starting that company, operating it and selling it, I was a little aimless for a while trying to figure out, you know, what do I, what do, I do next? Tried a couple of things, but um, ultimately fell, fell in love with this idea that, you know, I, I could create a product that helps people, that helps myself, that has this uh, ability to solve these amazing problems. And um, it's been the most exciting thing I've done in my life. And uh, we've got so much more opportunity. There's so much more growth in what we're doing. But there's, there's nothing like being able to connect you know, one-on-one with so many people and provide value for them and to help them and create a, uh, create a business around it. Yeah. And having seen multiple industries at this point, what are some difficult aspects of working in a space that's more in the personal finance realm, but also 
one can argue, underbanked market. What are some difficult aspects of this industry? So at the end of the day, you know, you have to do what you say you're going to do. There's an acronym, UDAP, unfair, deceptive, and abusive practices. And basically, and to summarize that, it just means that you know you have to do what you say you're going to do. And it's really easy to get in trouble. And there's, you know, you can go into the CFPB, you can look at their enforcement actions, and you can see some examples of very well-known companies that have made mistakes. And uh, you know, the compliance is is a big deal for us. Um, you know, from the beginning, we've been SSA 16 stock one type two compliant. It's a, it's a mouthful, but um, you know, we've put a lot of energy and resources into making sure that we've got good process in place, the right people in place, and you know, to make sure that we're doing doing the right thing. And uh, compliance is is a big big differentiator. Um, and for us, you know, we feel compliance is a competitive advantage. You know, we we really care about it. We don't promise to our customers that you're going to see a credit score increase. As an example, it's not the right thing to do because you could imagine come up with a way of like, okay, well, if I don't pay my other bills, and of course my credit scores I can go up. But that's just an one example of like you have to do what you say you're going to do all the time. And it's been a big learning curve, but I would say be, because you know we started the company during a, a time of Tremendous compliance enforcement um, in 2015. My perspective has been, hey, let's overinvest in compliance, and uh, it's not not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it, it's um, it's something that it creates a ton of advantage for the company in the long term. Well, you're you're talking to a former like cybersecurity officer, so I'm like, <laughs> I definitely had SOC awesome. two brought back a yeah. lot of memories. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Like, what are some trends or innovations that you're excited for? Either you know, like you've mentioned, in these difficult aspects, or the way like report like uh, credits being reported. What are some things that you know you're really looking forward to in the next three to five years? Well, you know, I would say from the consumer perspective, this is the most exciting time to be alive. You know, you can open up a bank account, you know, using you know Chime or Varo or you know pick your company. You can open up this high quality bank account for free. <laughs> you know, you can uh, you know, use an app like Self to help you build credit and save money using very responsibly priced set of products. And you can all do it on your phone. And it's so accessible. And so, you know, 20 years ago when I was 18, uh, it was it was hard. It was really hard to go out and figure out how to build credit and how to do things right. And basically, you know, we're in this exciting time right now for consumers where got so many choices and the products are getting better and there's there's a lot of disintermediation happening rocket mortgage great another great example like they're providing a great product it's very easy to use and it i think the theme that um that's very apparent here is you've got transparency there's accessibility you know and it's just easy and so so simple right and i think we're going to see going forward is a lot more and you know, fees coming down, products being cheaper, and overall, the consumer having a better experience. Exciting, and I love how yeah. um, you mentioned it's the best time to be alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because of fintech. I love that. We we like yeah. that perspective here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're a busy person, and don't want to keep you here for too long, but wouldn't be our podcast without a fun question. So yeah. I did learn that you're quite the avid reader. So I wanted to ask you, if you could be any character in a book, 
who would it be and why? All right. Uh, I'm going to pick some nonfiction. I recently read um, you know, Ron Chernow's Alexander Hamilton. And what an incredible character, Alexander Hamilton. It's unbelievable the things that he accomplished, being an immigrant to the US, doing all these incredible things, doing them at such a young age, leading people in the battle, creating this amazing financial system we have, among many other things. And I'm just so um, lucky to be born in America and so so privileged to be here. And uh, it's definitely uh, top of mind for me, but, um, but absolutely, it's, uh, meeting Alexander Hamilton would, would be amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. Uh, yeah. This has been a lot of fun and I'm really glad that I got to learn a bit more about self-financial and so will our listeners. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you love our show, please write us a review or engage with us on social media. We greatly appreciate your support and it helps us spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our FinTech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton FinTech. Here you'll access interviews, articles, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. As always, a very special thank you to our wonderful editor, Rafael Ostria. Until next time, your host, Gabby.